head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to You're listening to And you're listening to, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz, a very, very special post-crown jewel, special exclusive edition. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. Uh, doing all right. Uh, 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 it was pretty cool having a wrestling show in the middle of the day, but uh, it's made this show a little bit more different. But I'm excited to talk about the show. What's up, Dave? Was it really long, or is it just because I could actually track the sun across the sky because <laughs> it was out that it felt that way? Uh, it was it extremely was, long. Holy hell. Yeah. It was uh, that. Okay, length aside, and even length included. Yeah. That was a great show, huh? It was. Yeah, that's that's I'm, a surprising thing. I feel like we always call it like a souped up house show, but did not feel like that. Well, I guess that's what we got to talk about because yeah. it is in some sense still a souped up house show, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like like if you if you go up and down the card, you know, if 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 you miss if you miss Crown Jewel, you're probably not going to be too confused when you're watching WWE programming this week, right? Right. right. I think there, accept- there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of huge like shifts or changes in the show, but they definitely brought it. Like it wasn't just like a throwaway show at all. And that's important to say because it wasn't a throwaway show at all. I mean, when we were talking about this card last week, and I think anybody looking at it could say, um. I mean, you could you could look at the card and you would complain, right? It's just like this is like the most stacked card ever, and they're just give they're just kind of throwing it a quote unquote throwing it away at a Saudi Arabia souped up house show, right? That would be that would have been the complaint. You watch the show and you're like, well, this isn't just a throwaway house show. This is a this I mean, this was a this was the best WWE pay per view of the year. I mean, like, it's top, up there, top to bottom. It's and, definitely up there. And now I don't know if I should be 
if I should be feel better about it or or be even more frustrated because it's because <laughs> it shows that they have the ability to do pay per views at this level when they are driven to do it. Yeah, right? I feel like we say this every pay per view though, right? Like I feel like we felt the the same way about Extreme Rules until the ending, but it, it just. The one thing that bothers me about this being such a good show, which is a weird sentence to say, is that it almost makes like you don't have to really watch the weekly television shows to enjoy the pay-per-views, right? Like if you miss Raw or SmackDown for like two or three weeks, you're going to watch a a, a video package two minutes before a match Mm -hmm. that sums up everything and makes it look way better than it was originally presented to you. And Mm -hmm. then the match is going to be awesome. And you're going to be like, I'm satisfied. This is a good show. Yeah. I mean, the video package thing, I've had weird feelings about for a long time because it, yes. it doesn't it doesn't reward you for paying attention, which no. is, you know, an ongoing issue. And yeah, I mean, it's like, they don't, like, it doesn't, it makes it feel less like a big fight. You know, I mean, you should be showing up for the conflict and everything that leads up to it, the storylines, and kayfabe should be secondary. Right. 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 Like, if this is real, you know, if this is kayfabe, right? WWE is a league of fighters slash wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, make a living off of winning matches and championships. And that should be the main thing. And everything around it should be secondary, right? Like, but it's not. Like, you need that stuff. That's what makes this whole thing different. And listen, th- that's to say nothing of the live event experience, which is. The, the video packages do nothing except, you know, give you time to take a nap. And I'm not sure. <laughs> and at home, it's not that much different either. I mean, the video gives you time to re-up on the snacks. Yeah, yeah. like got another drink, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but if you took like just, you know, like the real fight, the big fight route, and you just did, you know, half the time or less between matches, but spent that time with the commentators or with other analysts, like breaking down what's about to happen. You could project things that people should be looking for. I mean, you could you could do a lot of fun stuff, but that's all sort of beside the point. Uh, because because your point is absolutely right. Like they they tell you they tell you so much that you don't need to watch the show. Um, and it's you know it's fun. It's fun for me. It's I mean frankly it's fun for me because uh, I have a newly turned thirteen year old and he's uh, not as ardent a viewer as I am. So when he came home from school and he was like, oh crown jewel. He starts off with a bunch of questions, then he's like, oh, no, they're answering my questions for me. So that's, you know, it, it makes that viewing experience really fun. Um, so who am I to complain? Uh, let's talk about this card. Um, the finish of the main event was pretty nice. To sort of leave things where they were, uh, but to move, they moved the ball forward just a little bit. They did a great job of teasing the Paul Heyman whose side is he on thing and it was and then it i think clearly intentionally led to a a trick uh a little some shenanigans where brock thought that Heyman had flipped to him just long enough to get a double super kick to the face and lose the match um but up until that point i mean that was it, it was a really good i mean every match just about on this card was really really good bell to bell you know for um, a minute i thought i was i was you know just happy to be watching a wrestling show in the afternoon and in the morning and enjoying that but as i'm going through the like starting with the hell in the cell seth rollins edge uh match mm-hmm. i mean dude i i tweeted it during the pay-per-view oh, what did you tweet 
I, I believe Seth Rollins and the Edge are wrestling soulmates. Like yeah. they were they were made for each other. It's like yeah. Edge is wrestling. Like, you know, they're definitely telling the story of like him and his younger self or like calling him Edge Light and all this type of stuff. But, you know, I know I love watching like clashes of styles and styles make fights, but Edge and Seth are just like hand and glove fit with everything they did this match. And, uh, you know, every match that they've had from SummerSlam to the Garden to this Hell in a Cell match was a, a, a four and a half star or more match. Yeah. Like great storytelling, great action, great athleticism, real stakes, like personal shit, you know, going to people's houses. It's really given you everything. And for as much as uh, Seth has done uh, for the past several months, like really building the, the, the Buddy Murphys of the world and the, and the Dominic Mysterios and mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, Austin theories of the world. I feel like this was almost a, um, a present. This is almost better than a championship. This is like yeah. one of those, this is one of those rivalries that when Edge isn't wrestling anymore, or I mean, when Seth Rollins isn't wrestling anymore, when you start looking at his career highlight tape, you're going to look at these three matches and be like, oh yeah, these are three matches that stepped him up a bit and put him in another position to when he's in the championship picture again, he's got a bit a bit better luster to him. Like he's got, he's a whole new guy. He's a whole different dude than he was the last time he was chasing after a world title. And I think this was a satisfying enough finish that makes you want to see him move on and see what he's going to do next. I thought it was a fantastic match. And if I had to pick my match of the night, they came out the gates swinging with that one. That was uh, incredible. The, I mean, Seth, it's it sounds ridiculous to say that he needs any more of a resume, right? He doesn't need to right. punish no, his credentials. No, he doesn't. And but yet, he, does, he doesn't need a resume, he, but he does need... He, I, I always did believe he did need those, those special attraction mm-hmm. sort of things yes, that's that exactly, have nothing to do with a title. You know, exactly and that was what that. I was going to say. The feud has been incredible. So good that I'm not even sure that this was the best match that these two have had, but yeah. it's close. But this match was certainly the best Hell in a Cell match since... Is it the best Hell in a Cell match since Triple H Undertaker? No, I mean, I guess... I don't, like, know. I, I don't know. I guess I, mean, I guess Sasha Charlotte has got to be up there. But, yeah, but like, I would say Sasha but, Charlotte. But this is, I mean, this is a legendary, already led, living legendary Hell in the Cell match. And like I said, Seth didn't need to burnish his credentials going into this match. But this, but looking back, this was his, this was his Edge versus Mick Foley WrestleMania moment match, right? This was this was the match. We're gonna look back and say this is the match where Seth Rollins like just solidified himself as the the legend of this era. As a, as a wrestling viewer or, or, and a guy who, you know, loves the fantasy book shows and has helped, like, write wrestling shows, I don't think there's a better wrestler that you ever want to start a show with than Seth Rollins. Like, he's Mr. He's Mr. Start the Show, right? Like, as soon as you hear that burn it down, you know you're going to get a follow that type of match. Like, he sets the bar every single time. That's almost... To me, that's always been something that's just as important as being the main event. And the fact that you could bookend it with Seth Rollins and a legend and Roman Reigns and a legend lets you know that exactly where the chips are falling when it comes to the future and the present of that company. And I know 
they've been teasing and and really doing a great job of keeping Roman and Seth apart. And I know this is a little bit of a tangent. They've been doing a great job of keeping Roman and Seth apart. But can you imagine when they finally lock horns again? Like, there's going to be so much that's happened in between then to make you really feel like this one's going to be special. So I, I was I was blown away by Seth Rollins this morning. This this yeah, this morning, man, he was awesome. He just just really really fantastic stuff. And Edge got the win. Obviously, it was. I mean, every little spot in that match was earned, you know? I mean, it was, like, it felt important. Um, Seth took one, like, full-on back bump off the top rope into the cage, which was just n- just nuts, but then you forgot about it 30 seconds later because the match <laughs> was just so intense. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, quite a... I mean, that was it, that was probably the match of the night, right? And like yeah. you said, they they started with it. And listen, I'm not gonna I'll wait till the end to harp on my frustration, but I'll just say one thing: uh, it was really cool. Go, like, it, it was really cool when they announced they're having a Hell in a Cell match that wasn't on the silly Hell in a Cell card, right? <laughs> Pay per view. Yeah. But um, you know, but I was just like, but I that's I went through that whole thing I described before with this match. Well, it's not going to be like a real. This is a house show, really. It's not like a car. It's not like a, a big time pay per view. And this match will probably be a little bit, you know, will fall short and fall below expectations. And no, it was the best this match could have possibly been. And well, I mean, this was uh, this was a it was just incredible. It was a incredible. great match. It was a fantastic I'm not talk match. About frustration. Um, Mansoor, do you want to talk about? Uh, the, the Saudi taker, Mansoor. The Saudi taker? <laughs> yeah, like Mansoor is anybody should know. First off, before we get to the Saudi taker, uh, I want to get some props to Ali as well. I think uh, Ali yeah. has been somebody who's been criminally underrated for several years. I mean, he he made 205 Live must-watch TV when he was chasing the Cruiserweight Championship when it first really got popping. He really made people care about this, uh, you know, Mansoor storyline and uh, not just being the guy that wrestles at Crown Jewel every couple of months. And um, they made history, man. The first two uh, Muslim wrestlers to wrestle each other in, in WWE like that and that in those uh, circumstances. So I got to give it to him, man. There's nobody <laughs> that could have made that match uh, more uh, important or intense. And as as underrated as I think he is, that's probably, I mean, that, that's got to be his best, his best, like, biggest showing, right? Like, that was his biggest, you know, showcase, having a solo match under those circumstances, uh, at, at, in, in that arena, in that stadium, it was fantastic. And, um, you know, Mansoor is the, is the, you know, living legend now is the, is the biggest star there in Riyadh. But <laughs> we need uh, Mansoor so, versus so, Goldberg soon. That's going to well, happen. Yeah, I'm saying, that's what I was going to say. You get in a ring with somebody like that in those, in, in that environment, it's a huge, it's a huge thing for you. Also, if you get the celebrity match at WrestleMania or whatever, you get when he got kicked in the head by uh, Tarek Amadi, that was yeah. like that was one of the biggest pops of the night, you know. So that's that's a good looking defeat for Ali for sure. Uh, Mansoor is gonna, I mean, he's not just a regional like celebrity or whatever. Like he's good at being yeah. a wrestler, he's and he's really, really good. good at being a babyface. He's got an awesome finish. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't know where we go from here. I don't know if we're going to be, if these guys are going to tag teaming again tomorrow as if nothing ever happened or whatever. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I thought Mansoor showed me something tonight. And man, that inverted atomic drop into backbreaker combo was like so simple. And just, he did it so 
well. It, it felt like it felt like a minor revelation. Um, and those are the sort of moments that you live for in this thing. So um, anyway, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, I want to save uh, King of the Ring talk for the for the end. So let's just run through a couple of these other ones. Um, uh, Goldberg over Lashley. That was a pretty cool match, right? That was a pretty that was a that was better than their last one, and it was a cool finish. And I mean, I thought, with the exception of the little slow motion <laughs> sword <Kendall> fights, <laughs> uh, it was really cool. Um, and I, I, I that was. I mean, it's, it's I don't as know, man. good. It's as good as a showing you can expect from Goldberg. That's at, right, at and it was the appropriate, appropriate the use, use of Goldberg. And I, and I mean, I just thought. I mean, I was just so. Uh, I, maybe this is one of those like when a show is good, you just find yourself loving everything. Maybe, but I loved yeah. that match. I had a really good time with it. I feel like well, big shows like this need pacing, right? Like you can't have, you know, and uh, gosh, people are gonna kill me for this. This is my issue with AEW sometimes, right? Like, oh as gosh, my, uh, <laughs> oh, gonna yeah. come this is my issue with AEW sometimes. As much as I love a good old fashioned thirty minute five star catches catch can kick out of a million finishers match, you gotta pace certain things, right? Like, because it doesn't give those people that do those five star blitzing kick out of a million finishes matches the the respect it deserves right like you need to have those you need to have those knockdown drag out brawl like demolition derby type of matches that are quick that are hard hitting that keep you entertained and keep the show moving right and, and uh, probably not the best uh, example of this is crown jewel because the show was very long but that's what you get every time Goldberg is wrestling right now, right? I will tell you, I have never been the biggest fan of Goldberg. I've never been the biggest guy that will that will cape for him. And I'm probably not going to do it now, but if there's any way to still use that man in 2021 in a, in a wrestling match, that is as good as a use of him as you're going to get from him right then and there because it lets the show breathe. You need breathers on that show, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have the pressure of it being a championship match, right? So he didn't have to like he, he they didn't have to draw it out, you know, exactly. they didn't have to make it seem the, like more than it was. Yes. And and it also didn't have frankly the pressure of it being a real like tentpole pay-per-view because if that had been SummerSlam or WrestleMania, then even if it had gone exactly the same, we would be complaining that Bobby Lashley was getting buried at WrestleMania, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it had a little bit of that like that's where being a sort of glorified house show helps, you know? But um but yeah, it was you're right. I mean, that was a perfect use of him. That's one where like like I think it, I think him winning was the right call. Uh, because he's, they're going to trot him back out in a few months and whatever else. I, I think that was the most sort of like, and Bobby, you know, Bobby's sort of bulletproof, you know, after everything he's been through and losing to Lashley, you know, he lose to Lashley in Saudi Arabia. Does it really make a sound? Who knows? You know, but it was a cool match and it was the right finish. And you're right. The card needed that. Um, RK bro defeated uh, AJ and Omos. We can skip that for now because we got to keep trucking. Mm -hmm. The SmackDown Women's Championship match. Babyface producer John did not ask us what her one skip was, but I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe make some people mad myself and say this was my really? one skip of the night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Go in, Dave. Why? How do you feel? Well, what the, the the first and most important reason is that these are three of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And when I go back and revisit their catalogs, or if I was gonna sit, tell somebody, you wanna learn, you wanna understand why I love 
you know, Sasha Banks, the watch these matches, this would not come anywhere near to the list that I would that I would toss off. Um it was a fun match. It was a fun match. And again, it was, you know, I'm glad they did it. There there's some history. I'm good to see all these people together. But I was just sort of dissatisfied with the whole thing. It felt like this isn't even like an AEW thing. It felt like like an indie like a super indie triple threat match that was almost like a because it was almost like a meta triple threat match. It's like every move was a setup for a three person spot that was like, you know, that that we you could see kind of coming a mile away and none of it felt like it was that meaningful and Listen, it's this is not anyone's. This is not their fault. This is not the performer's fault at all. But when you do those, like Becky putting two people in the disarmor at the same time spots in a hard fought triple threat match, then that can be a sort of like high point. But they did a lot of those things, and even when you do it in a big match, and even when it's earned, and when you're like, except when you pop, as you know, you're watching it at home, you're like, oh, it's so funny. I never thought about them doing that before. Even then, it's kind of corny, and again, not their fault. But you can't really do corny when you're like dressed for a slumber party. Like I, it's not their fault. I feel it's not like their it's, fault. That is definitely not their fault. It's just jarring. Like you, I, it's jarring. And and I mean, whatever. I mean, I think that frankly, they could they should just make the men wear t-shirts and long pants too. Because why not? But it was. It, it's just. It was a they 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 these the outfits that they've made them wear are kind of corny and it just like doubled up on the corny and it wasn't a legendary match from three performers who normally go out and crank legendary matches like you know like they're taking out the trash like it mm. was like the, it was the easiest thing I mean it's it it comes so naturally to them sometimes I, I'm I'm being too hard on the match it was nah, a lot of fun so here's but, the thing the reason why, reason why I, I'm gonna have to. I see. I see your points. You make very valid points. They, 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 I, I agree with almost everything, every single one of those. But I believe those double team or those stack on people sort of uh, spots that were being set up were like Bianca Belair showcases. And anytime you can get moments to do that, I'm always going to be a fan of it. But I mean, I, I feel you, man. It does feel a little weird with uh, you know those 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 sort of moments that just kind of feel like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait to jump off of somebody and then wait to be held by two people and then wait to get stacked on top of somebody. Like it does feel like a little, uh, 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 I don't know. Like I always, I always talk about to me, the crown, the crown jewel of uh triple threat matches to me is always going to be two matches. Uh, uh, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, oh, and, God, yeah. and Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, right? The reason why those three matches work so well Those is, two matches. Those two, two matches, matches of three people, yeah. <laughs> three people. The reason why those two triple threat matches work so well to me is because you got two absolute just ring generals and one of them having the 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 benefit of being an incredible high flyer. In this case, is AJ Styles and, and Seth Rollins and uh, Christopher Daniels and John Cena. And then you got to have one monster in there that ties it all together, that makes the chaos go. And and Bianca Belair plays the role of Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar in these sort of matches. And I, I don't want to say there were certain parts that felt a little clunky, but it's. It's it's jarring with the shirts too, and certain moments just weren't as super duper smooth. I mean, like 
you had the one-armed gorilla press by Bianca Belair, which was awesome. And you got the the KOD on the outside. That was awesome. There was a lot of awesome moments from Bianca Belair. A lot of awesome moments from Becky Lynch, too. But it, it, I, I agree with you in the sense that if I had to skip a match and not just skip it, but hopefully get to a point where, you know, they'll run it back again uh, in a much more appropriate setting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm bet I'm I'm much more better with that than saying like, okay, this was the, the show. I should have said that. It's not just that this doesn't crack any of the you know top list, top ten list, uh, or top five lists of any of these three performers, but it's that they will they will lap this. I mean, they will put this match to shame within the next three months. Like any each and every one of them will. So that's I think that's it for me. I don't know, man. I I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying about the triple threats, and those two matches are definitely on my list. But I also like, I also like, you know. Triple H, Michaels, Benoit, yeah, like that, like, and, and you know what I was, th- I was watching just the other day is, uh, 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 ECW, bar- was it Barely Legal with, um, Terry Funk, Sandman, and, um, Stevie Richards, uh, Stevie Richards, obviously, okay. and, um, and what those two matches weirdly have in common, and I wasn't even put, didn't even put this together, is that there's no big monster, but they're all, all six of those dudes can tell a story in the ring. I mean, and the whole thing is just one, like, it's not just, I'm, you're, you have to be better than everybody else at mm-hmm. in-ring storytelling. Think about what, like, Shawn Michaels can do, you know? Yep. I mean, it is necessary to be able to roll in from out of the ring and execute a super kick in a way that, like, it would take you three paragraphs to describe. Right. And, you know, so th- that was, I felt like today was a little bit of, you know, it wasn't three paragraphs. It was more like a haiku version. But anyway, they're the three three of the best wrestlers in the world. It's going to be okay. My opinion of them has not changed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Moving on, uh, we had two crowning moments. The other women's match on this card was... Um, uh, Queen's Crown Final. Yeah, it was uh, Dewdrop uh, versus Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega is your Queen's Crown winner. I really like the idea of the Queen's Crown winner, the Queen's Crown, but you can't, the King of the Ring, you can call somebody, look, that Kaz is the King of the Ring. Mm -hmm. But with the Queen's Crown, now you have to say like, look, Zelina Vega is the winner of the Queen's Crown tournament. <laughs> and also she was a, a queen wearing a crown. Like it's not... Uh, uh, they might have that that they could have been a little bit more straightforward, but I don't know if this signals anything for the future of Zelina. But I I think as far as like people, you could you know put a crown and a robe on and have some fun. She's got to be up there. Yeah, I, I mean I, I think uh, shout out Zelina Vega, Queens of New York stand up. Uh, she is an unabashed uh, Aaliyah super fan, um, and. I'm and and if I'm if I'm sensing what's happening here, I'm thinking like Queen of the Damned. I'm thinking like she's gonna come out and you know she's an incredible cosplayer. She, uh, I think she's gonna take that Queen's crown and that Queen sort of thing and really make it her own. I feel like uh, if there was a reason why they were gonna bring her back after what happened to her uh, earlier this year. Uh, something like this was probably in the cards for her to be, you know, treated specially and, and treated like something that is uh, going to be a, a, a an attraction. So um, I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it. I don't know if it's uh, the old school rules where like the queen or king of the ring gets a title shot or they just have a king and crown for, for a long time. Like, I don't know what it's going to lead into. But if I'm reading the tea leaves here, I would love to see some some Aaliyah homage that uh, Zelina wants to lean into and, uh, and and really try to play that up as much as she can. Anybody who's followed her or known her for a while knows that is really her shit. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be tight. I think that'd be dope. But I mean, the match itself, like, you know, wasn't nothing to really write home about. I mean, like, no. it, was, it was what it was. You know, the, the Code Red was pretty cool, but... I think it was just kind of getting there just to get there, right? Like, I'm glad uh, Dewdrop got a got a good look. Um, I'm just a big fan of just getting new faces onto these big shows, so mm -hmm. can't be mad at that. But, you know, the match was what it was. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of there. So uh, congrats to her, though, man. I think it's the beginning of uh, some cool stuff for her. So let's see where they take it. True. And maybe the most important moment of the night. Maybe the most important moment of professional wrestling in 2021. <laughs> yes. Our new king of the ring is Xavier Woods. Yes. King yes. Woods. Man, I had I I just did, I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe it last week. I didn't believe it going into the match. I didn't believe it 
when Wood started tweeting like he was trying to jinx it, I I didn't believe. I, I can't believe it, man. He's you picked it, you called it, I called it, called it, man. It's uh, I called both of these actually. <laughs> so, really? Uh, I, I, but I, you know, I was I was hoping for some Demon King stuff there, but you know, shout out to Finn Balor and not being it for for being able to take that one. Is there anybody more Teflon than that dude though? Like. Uh, nobody loses more big time no, but, matches than yeah, Finn but, Balor. but you don't want to have to be having that conversation. I guess I hate in a perfect it. world, but I hate yeah. it. Yeah, like as much as granted, everybody knows how much I love the New Day. Much I love Xavier Woods. It's my guy. Congrats, lifelong dream for him uh, becoming King of the Ring, and obviously with Big E being the WWE Champion and them going to SmackDown. I'm sure it's going to be the beginning of some very interesting and entertaining stuff. I just don't know how much you can keep making Finn Balor not be that important, except then a guy with abs and, you know, awesome makeup. You know what I mean? Like after a while, he's got he's gotta win something. He's gotta, he's gotta, he's got to get back to some being somewhat important. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't count his NXT run, I don't remember the last time Finn Balor really felt mega important and i feel like it was a real a real you know schmaz tease yeah uh and at extreme rules where he was going up against the tribal chief and he got the music and he came back to life and the demon actually looked like some cool shit that they were about to really lean into and then nothing you know so i i don't know i i think they as much as I love Woods and I and, I, and I'm happy he's the king of the ring and I do believe it was the correct and the right call I feel like we got to find something for Finn and soon to to get him important again. You're speaking my language. I I, mean, I can't, I, can't I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. He's Teflon, but it's he's he also shouldn't have like, to be. He shouldn't have to be Teflon. <laughs> it seems so beside the point to talk about it because he's like so, he he's a he's a layup of all these guys. We talk about microwave guys who you could put into the main event at any given moment. If you if you work on it, you don't have to work with Finn. All you have to do is just say Finn's going one on one with your champ. You forget it. Just say we're just anointing Finn the new Universal Champion, and everyone's gonna say okay. Like he's he's just he's that great. And uh, you know when they when they said that tonight during the match, like Finn Balor, the first Universal Champion. I think that once they acknowledge that he was the first and shortest ever reigning <laughs> universal champion, I don't even mean this as a joke. I just think, yeah. like, let's acknowledge that part of it too and make that part of the storyline. You know, not not like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to take back what's mine, but like, let's deal in reality here, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. because he was a universal champion and he hasn't been treated like a universal champion ever since. No. So, and he, he, he could be, he should be. He went down to NXT and had one of the most you know the most entertaining heel runs uh, in recent memory roman reigns aside and i just think healer babyface not doing something with that guy should be a crime what bothers me the most about it is if you listen to any finn balor interviews around the time he went to nxt he 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 likened going to nxt to going back to Broadway and working on his craft, right? And being able to be himself again and learning, you know, not learning, but like getting back to damn near like Fergal Devitt, Prince Devitt, the guy that was the hottest free agent in wrestling when he first got to WWE and he accomplished that. So like, uh, you know, and, and if NXT is Broadway, 
by proxy, Raw and SmackDown is what? Like a, a big budget like Marvel movie, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 a mainstream flick. And I feel like, you know, it, it sucks that once he, I thought that people would appreciate what he brings to the main roster after seeing what he did in NXT. And I think it's almost like it almost never happened, right? Like as soon as he came back, the NXT that he knew and built back up was pretty much done. And um, he almost wasn't even the same dude when he came back, right? Like he wasn't, he was back to smiling again. I mean, he did the demon thing like once or twice, but it was almost like he might as well have been injured for a couple of years and just came back and, and nobody would have noticed, you know? So that it's, it's, it's a tough sledding for the dude, but I'm hoping that him going to raw and being on that roster, which uh, is, is pretty loaded again, but you know, uh, given to give him something to do, man, I, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I I don't know exactly what they're going to do with it, but I could probably guess with Finn Balor better than I could guess with what they're going to do with King Woods. Um, mm. That promo that he cut, I mean, listen, he he tweeted earlier today, like, everybody told me to not, that I couldn't be myself, that I had to think inside the box and I'm going to prove them wrong. And then he cuts his promo, we had, you know, on the, on the throne after the match, like, screaming at the camera where I'm just like, if this wasn't Woods, I would <laughs> say that this is like, a heel. signaling some sort of big character shift, right? Like, I got uh-huh. the crown, and now I'm going to kind of go crazy or something. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, I, I seriously can't parse out to how much of this is is a, an accomplishment that Woods has earned, if this is some sort of, like, external idea. Wouldn't it be cool if every member of the New Day had a giant accolade that they could, you know, point to or whatever? Or if it's just sort of like they were trying to figure out what to do with the King of the Ring at the last minute, and they're like, and they're like yeah, let's just do Woods a solid. Because he wants this really bad. Like, I don't, I, I can't really tell to what degree I'm supposed to really acknowledge this, but he looked great. It was a great match. It's such a good look for him every time he goes out. And we had him on the show, you know, he was talking about how he doesn't go, he doesn't, you know, wrestle AEW style like every single match because he cares about his body. But when he goes, man, he goes at a billion percent. And I don't, and, but I think that part of the disappointment that we're talking about with Finn has, less to do with the way they're using Finn and more to do with the fact that like I there was not a single part of me that believed that Xavier was going to win even if I'd said or theorized otherwise you know like it was really I just thought such a given that he just that Xavier be, would be used for you know fodder for whoever was going to win the tournament and just needs the feel good story but he's not going to go you know cross the finish line first I was just shocked man when he got up there on the top rope and did the elbow and he missed it the first time, or he got took the got the knee, caught the knees the first time. I mean, in retrospect, that's a that's you know that that foreshadows the him hitting it to finish the match. But I didn't I didn't think about it for one second at the time. I was like, oh, he missed. All right, well, it's kind of, he's gonna lose this, you know, whatever. I mean, it's such a cool thing. It's so cool that he won. He looks so great with the crown and the scepter and the cape, even though it was falling off. And the, like, he, it's a good look for him. And you, they could use it just for comedy, just keep doing the new day thing, but. Woods gets to wear some royal robes to the ring or they could push him a little bit, you know? I mean, push him not in terms of like give him a push, but push him to like, let's push that character. Let's see where we can go with it. Um, I mean, I have no idea what, what they're going to do with him, but one thing you do know is that it's part of the new day. So they've always been 
been, you know, pretty, pretty well protected, especially when it comes to telling long-term storylines in the past several years. So they got my interest. They got my intrigue, but now they got my interest is what I'm saying with, with King Woods. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. King Woods. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hell. Good. All hell, King Woods. It's just incredible. Oh, someone just posted this. Wait. Mm-hmm. This is his first ever singles pay-per-view match. Woods? I believe yeah. that. I believe that. Yeah. I can't think of one. I cannot think of one. So, yeah. <laughs> shocking, but not shocking. But it's shocking that, I mean, that's how, you know, that's the path he's been on in this company. And maybe maybe we're going to see something really cool. Maybe this is going to get exciting. Um, all right. Uh, does this bring us full circle back around to the main event? Let's get to it, man. What's up? Uh. Yeah, so we had Brock Lesnar. We had Roman Reigns. We had a little bit of Paul Heyman, a little bit of the Usos. Um, It was a banger, man. It was a slobber knocker. It was exactly what you've come to expect from these two guys, but somehow, maybe because they keep it short and sweet and hard-hitting and everything, but it feels fresh every time. Um, We got a little bit of the tease from Paul Heyman. Which side is he on? I mean, it's funny. Heyman does things that nobody else in the world, but certainly the wrestling world, can do every, night in and not night out. I would not have guessed that he could throw a belt into the ring so perfectly that it lands exactly between two people, like five feet away. I would not have guessed that that was one of the things he could do better than anybody else in the world, but I would have been wrong. Because when he threw that belt in the ring, it legitimately looked like the skill that it takes like to hit a half court shot or something like it was just like how did you just do that so it's like when you're when you're down by two points and you got to shoot a free throw and you got to miss on purpose to get the rebound yes <laughs> it's so hard to do that and he and he pulled that off yeah 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 and then he yelled you know what to do with it and they it was interesting because well frankly i don't know exactly it left me wondering scratching my head which is a good thing i think mm-hmm. but it, it i I wasn't sure if the idea was even the viewer at home can't tell who he was trying to help or was he just trying to convince Brock Lesnar that he, you know, that make Brock think that Brock confused about who he's trying to help. Because you could tell from the expression on Brock's face that Brock was like, all right, now this dude's back with me. Like, I can't believe he's that dumb, but like, whatever, I'm going to win this match. But even Um, as Paul was leaving, if you look at his face, he's like looking back at Brock like... Oh man, like he it it almost was like he was happy, but he wasn't sure if that went the way it was supposed to go. I don't know. He put himself, I don't know. Dude's a genius. If he, uh, if that is such an underrated throw, <laughs> that was such an incredible, incredible moment. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was really good storytelling. It was fantastic storytelling, and it keeps you wanting more. It gives more meat on the bone. For later down the year, later down the month, whenever Brock is back, crazy, crazy. When do you think he's? When do you think though. he's going to be back? Oh man, I don't know. I feel like I don't feel like we'll see him for Survivor Series. If I had to put my money on it, if I had to put put something down, I would say Royal Rumble. I think we'll see him at the Rumble. I think he'll be back. You know what I mean? Uh, he might be at. I don't think he'll be at SmackDown tomorrow. Uh, but if I had to put money on, I would say I would say uh, Royal Rumble. He's back, and then. Uh, we get him on the road to mania after that. Yeah. I mean, I think that you don't have to do it um, at Survivor Series because we're going to have champion versus champion matches all up and down the card, right? And also, 
I mean, there's just going to be, we, we know with Roman, it's just plug and play over there on SmackDown. Like you could, yep. you could start a Roman Drew Gulak feud on Friday and it would be our favorite feud for the next month and a half. You know, I mean, like it's, they can, you know, they, Brock Lesnar for once doesn't feel like an absolute necessity, at least not in that feud. Obviously they could right. use him other ways, but man, little, little man bun, scary beard Brock is so frightening. I mean, he just looks like a, Lord of the Rings creature or something, and I, I'm, it was, it was fun to watch him back out there, and I feel like it's, a, I always enjoy the presence of Brock Lesnar, but I don't know that I always think like, man, it's just fun to have him back because it, you know, he gets a little bit of that, that part time, you know, legend status performer in my in baggage in my mind, and and you know, you're always thinking about who else could be in that spot. This was just a great match. I mean, and it was a high profile match and. Yeah, it was a glorified house show match in some ways. We left sort of the same places where we started, but it was incredible. It was a really good match, man. And I got to give props to that Saudi crowd. I'm sorry. Say what you want about, you know, what how this show is put together. That crowd was hot and into every single match. They chanted... They sang along to theme songs. They said, holy shit, this is awesome. Like, like, I didn't know they cursed. I didn't know holy shit. Like, like, I don't know if like holy shit is like just just Saudi vernacular, but that was pretty that, that popped me pretty hard. That popped me pretty hard. They were they were great, man. And and obviously the crowds always always make the shows man and uh incredible incredible top to bottom it was a really good show real it, it had no business being that good of a show but it was really good we forgot to talk about biggie and drew mcintyre should we talk about it now or should we yeah let's talk about biggie and uh let's talk about biggie and uh drew mcintyre man um biggie needed this i think biggie um after getting split from the New Day again and being the top guy on Monday Night Raw, he needed to beat the top guy who was the top guy on Monday Night Raw for the past several, uh, past two years, really, through the pandemic era. Uh, you know, Drew McIntyre was the dude, even champion or not. Um, he needed a clean, decisive win over somebody like that to be taken seriously for the next few months. Because, you know, when you're when you're in the money at the bank cash and winner, there's always that little stigma of like, yeah, but. Right? Like, there's always that yeah, but uh, it was a good match. I think Drew brought the best out of Big E. Uh, I love that they had the mutual respect for each other. Um, and, uh, man, he's such a great babyface champion. I really enjoy Big E's work, and I'm not even just saying that as a friend. I just think it's been a long time that we've had, like, a good guy champ that is trying to be a good guy, right? Like... It's almost like even when Drew was champ, he still was kind of like a little bit of a badass, right? Like he was still yeah. like, you know, doing some pretty heinous stuff to, uh, you know, get his point of view. He almost stabbed uh, Jinder a couple weeks ago with a sword. So, I mean, you know, but it's really good to just have like a baby face that acts like a baby face and works like one and is believable. You know what I mean? And like, I think the fact that, you know, he, he I think the fact that when they stand next to each other, and he still kind of looks like an underdog helps him. You know what I mean? Like, I think the fact that Biggie isn't the tallest dude helps him, right? Because every match you're going to, you, you don't know. You don't know. Like, there was parts of that match where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I would be ex- extremely disappointed. But it wouldn't have surprised me if they, like, 
you know, yoinked us and, and had Drew go over over there because that, that crowd was really behind Drew. But uh, Biggie needed that win. He got it. It was a great showing for him. And like I said, top to bottom, almost every match on that card slapped. Loved it. Yep. I mean, it was, you're right. He needed it. Uh, probably didn't, wasn't honest with myself about how much he needed it until I saw it happen. And uh, it was, it was, a, it was a really cool match. You mentioned some of the AEW style, and we're using that obviously very loosely early on. They did do like the finisher kick out, but this, it was a shortish match and it felt like, well, actually, it wasn't that short. It's a 20 minute match, but like it felt like those things were like they just used them exactly right. And it was and 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 every bit of it was in the service of building Big E. And I thought he deserved it. And it's gonna be fun, you know, to watch this ride for the next however long it's gonna go over on the raw side. It's it's it, it's really fun. Uh, you know, McIntyre obviously uh, can can ramble on to the to the Friday show, and and he he's gonna be fine. Um, but that that was just really cool to see. So yeah, incredible card, top to bottom. Um, I wish this was every month at WWE. Maybe it is. Maybe this is the new. Maybe this is the new normal. It's the new normal. Um, give me a Hell in a Cell or some sort of like blood match, like like blood feud match on on every show. I mean, every big show, and stack the card with all the best stuff you can pull off at any given time. I mean, it's it's really cool. I mean, obviously, we have an inkling of what Survivor Series is going to look like. That's the, their next big one, Halloween Havoc, aside, uh, and I'm. Uh, excited to see what they do with it, man. I mean, it's this is. I'm just gonna say, let's uh, just let's be hopeful. This bodes well for you know things to come. What do you think? Um, I think they are trending in the right way because Survivor Series still gives you that little inclining of you know cross brand um, you know uh, uh, matchups. So the things that I had a little bit of hang up on, like Charlotte still being champion. Becky being SmackDown champion, what's gonna be the the you know the Bloodline New Day feud that was kind of teased back then? Biggie Roman, all this stuff. Like, there's some good stuff coming down the pipeline. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, my four favorite pay per views, and Survivor Series being in Brooklyn. I feel like it's gonna be a big one. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, we're about four weeks away from there, man. So let's let's see where so we take it from there. Let's do let's do sell or no sell. Let's do that. Sell or no sell. Braun Strowman. Oh, this is a Braun Strowman doubleheader. Braun Strowman, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, confirmed that he has had talks with AEW. Um, also, Braun Strowman was seen meeting in uh, at a restaurant with. Uh, or with Impact Exec Scott Demore. Uh sell mm. or no sell each of those two things. Um, I'm so just so we're clear. Sell means I like it. No sell means I don't like it. Correct. Correct. All right. uh, I'm selling it. Um, I, I'm, I've always been a big Braun Strowman fan. Uh, as a fan of big meaty men bumping meat, um, I think Braun would probably be best served. An impact, but he's too big of a star there. I feel like I feel like if if he's an impact, I hope he's doing double duty on both shows, kind of like Christian, kind of like uh, some of the other talents over there, kind of like the Good Brothers. Um, you know, he, he's he's a smart businessman. I'll tell you that much. If he's going to impact, I'm sure 
it's with the caveat of him being able to show up on Dynamite and show up at certain AEW pay-per-views as well. So uh, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna miss no meals. Um, and I, and I'm a big fan of his. I think AEW needs more big attractions like that. Um, yeah, I'm selling this. I think he's gonna be a good addition to wherever he goes. I struggle with where he quote unquote should go. First of all, he's such a perfect WWE guy, right? He's that such a perfect almost, WWE guy. It, I mean, it, impact feels like the, uh, uh, the fit for some reason. Uh, but obviously it's a different platform. You know, I mean, when they were talking about Bray Wyatt, maybe going to impact, you could almost imagine like Bray Wyatt just taking over the show, you know, and you can't really imagine Braun taking over the show in the same way. And if he's just going to be like one of the top dudes, well, who knows, man? They get a bunch of size over there now. They could have a lot of they, that could be a lot of fun to see him there. And if like according to Braun himself, he's got a lot of outside the ring commitments now. So he's maybe not going to be a full time wrestler, which means maybe something like Impact would make more sense for him. Who knows? By the way, just as an aside, of all of the people that get released that have been released in recent memory, I don't think anybody is losing the WWE owns the rights to my name game more than Adam Schur, aka Braun Strowman. <laughs> He's yeah. only referred to as Adam Schur, formerly known as Braun Strowman. He also doesn't have like a backup indie name that everybody knows, which yeah. a lot of those other people do, you know? And it's he's like, kinda he's, ma- he's ma- he was made for the big show. You know what I mean? So the last time a name didn't fit the wrestler this much, that guy's name was Dwayne Johnson. So, you know, <laughs> I guess we'll, it worked out for him. <laughs> it worked out for him. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, okay. But, uh, sell or no sell. PWI released their top 10 women wrestlers in the world list, and number one is Bianca Belair. Selling that, I mean, you ain't got to tell me twice. She's a generational talent. She's obviously the biggest draw in women's wrestling. Probably the biggest draw in WWE, to be honest. I mean, look look at what she's done in such a short time, and uh, it's going to take somebody pretty incredible to knock her off that perch, or her not being able to perform to not be looked at as the best woman's wrestler on the planet so yeah i'm selling that one dave what about you absolutely i mean listen the top 10 it's 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 pretty crazy the top 10 is like top to bottom really really is a great list uh it looks like they were using you know like active people who are active this year becky lynch is not on there etc but number three is diana perrazzo four Britt baker five thunder rosa six sasha banks uh Eight, Io Shirai. No one's going to disagree with that. Um, and you notice I skipped two numbers there. Uh, I'm not a big stardom guy, uh, but Utami and, and, and Suri are number twos and seven. Go Google the match that those ladies had together. Matches, but they're, one pops up really quickly. The double, I, I mean, I was just watching it the other day. The the non-finish uh, time limit draw, It was it is sick. And they both obviously very much deserve to be on this list. Everybody check it out. That's a definite sell. Um, The Undertaker, sell or no sell, The Undertaker introduced Pitbull in full costume at his concert uh, in Saudi Arabia yesterday. Man, give me the green lights. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm no selling this. Um, Man, Undertaker, please stop. Go home. (laughs) There was nobody else that could have done this. Like, were the Street Profits busy? Like, was Damian Priest didn't make the flight out? Like, there was nobody else. There was nobody else that could do this at all. I mean, God, yeah, I'm not, I'm sorry. So is the deal that The Undertaker is going to these shows and appearing in costume to do meet and greets or something with the Saudi Royals, but just not going to be on the show? Who knows? Let's move on. Uh, we got to get out of here. You got to go. Oh, one more thing. 
in case you weren't paying attention to the G1, you don't have to sell or no sell this. Shibata! Yeah, Shibata's <laughs> back, which is like yeah. a, a really, really cool thing. I don't even really know what miraculous. to make of it. Really miraculous. I'm big selling this one. Just people should just like go start getting those like neck fusion surgeries as like a preventative measure now because apparently it doesn't matter. You can just come on back. It's crazy. Let's see, Shibata, Edge, and Daniel. The, the neck injuries don't matter. And Kota Ibushi got injured like 20 minutes into that to his match uh, with Okada, and they thankfully called it. It looked like a little Eddie Guerrero debuting with the Radical situation, which Oof. apparently they referenced on on commentary. But I was listening. I, I wasn't listening to it that way. But it was a uh, God. What tragedy! It's, there's a lot of bad luck coming out of that, that. turning. But that. anyway, we got to get out of here. That was uh, Crown Jewel. Kaz, you got to go, but do you have some plugs you want to get in on the way out the door? You know what it is. Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie every Monday, wherever you stream podcasts, youtube.com slash Kazim. MSG PM is back November 10th after every Knicks game on MSG Network. And um, gosh, I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, check this out. I'm out. <laughs> you know where to find me. Uh, thanks, as always, to our babyface production assistant, John Kerma, and apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.